Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> You know where uh, Aaron lives, eh? Those yes, are condo buildings. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we always like take our dogs whenever I stay there. We take them just kind of around the neighborhood, go for a little walk. And uh, we were going for a walk and we were talking about like vacationing, like possible trips that we would go on, like mm -hmm. maybe Mexico, maybe here, maybe there. And we were having like this full on conversation. And I, during that walk and during the conversation, I, I, I saw someone of the corner of my eye, but I didn't pay any attention to it. And I, I saw that she saw something as well, but I thought we just kind of saw someone and then just kept walking. And then we get back to the place and we finally get into her condo and she's like, did you not see that guy? And I'm like, what guy? Like I saw someone. She's like, you didn't see that? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, what? She's like, that guy was in a robe with his dick out. And I was like, why didn't you say anything? Yeah. Like, to the end. Yeah. Like, and it was funny because I'm like, I said to her, I'm like, so we were like literally having a conversation about traveling and like doing all the shit while you had the image of a guy with a robe and his dick out the whole time. And she's like, yeah, like Cancun would be pretty sweet. And it's like, you literally just saw some, I don't know if it was a crackhead or just some guy taking a leak outside. But like, like, so it was just all open in the front? Yeah, was... apparently he just had, yeah, like kind of like a bathrobe and just butt naked with his dick out. And I got, it was pretty close. Like I would probably say seven feet from us. Huh. So like pretty huh. close. And wow. what I was thinking was like, man, it's one thing if her and I walk past that. We got two like aggressive loud dogs and like, you know, it's a group. Imagine just being like a single girl or like, you know, you're Jeez. you're a 20 year old girl just walking to your car or something and you look over and there's just this guy with his dick out in the road. <laughs> it's pretty alarming, man. Did he have a piece on him? I divide. I, I, that's why I wish I would have <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I wish I'd seen. <laughs> oh my God. Well, the other reason I said, I was like, fuck, you should have let me know because I need podcast stories. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'll try to run with this. But So you didn't ask her what he's working with? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think she glanced and panicked yeah, right yeah. away. Well, who wouldn't? But it's funny, like, you know, we have like, what is it, like three responses, fight, flight, or freeze. And I, and I think she kind of like almost froze a little yeah. bit. Like she just was like, almost just like, yeah, I, I couldn't tell. Like I, I thought I would have been able to tell like, oh, you just saw yeah. someone's cock in like, what's public. Wrong? But yeah, she just talked about Mexico and yeah, I'm like how the fuck did you hold a conversation together after that? There's some weirdos out there, man. Isn't, isn't that always an, a strange thing when there was those flashers, people running around with their jackets and they'd open it and run and they get some sort of a sick pleasure out of this. Isn't that strange? Super weird. Yeah. What did they do afterwards? Just run home and like yank one off? Like, is that what do they, are they getting like worked up and like all <clears throat> horny from flashing people in public? It's got to be some sort of an adrenaline rush. Almost maybe like ring and run when you're a kid. It's like ring and run evolved into that. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe it's, I think it's a little more yeah, psychotic than that. Oh, but man. Very strange. That's so messed up. Yeah. There's a lot of, yeah, just sketchy people in the city, man. Yeah.
the bigger the city, probably the more, like, I'm sure that happens all the time in uh, Vancouver. And see, without giving her location away, on the general north end of Saskatoon, you'd think that was kind of a safer, more, you know, type yeah, of place. for sure. And, and yeah, so far I've seen a few people that I wouldn't want to cross paths yeah. with by myself in yeah. the dark alley. Wasn't there a strange big lady in her hallway or something too that oh uh not a big lady but yeah we had a just had to throw that in there <laughs> yeah yeah a bit of a just like a weird um incident with her but um i think i shared it on the podcast already but maybe you did i can't remember but anyway it was yeah it wasn't too big of a deal but yeah that was kind of wild just kind of weird people yeah you know? yeah um so we i want to bring something up that uh unless you have anything you want to go off of what we just talked about no okay creating culture you know, I was saying that Callie Youngstrom asked me that, you know, in her podcast. And I, I read the book, The Culture Code. And one of the things it did talk about was like, I think sometimes people think they see these videos like on Instagram or TikTok or wherever of like Eric Thomas or some of these like Ed Milet doing like these super motivational, like inspiring talks. And the culture code was saying, culture code was saying like, those are like sweet and those are good to kind of light a fire under your ass. But what actually creates culture is like more consistency with like little bits of language, like certain type of language that you do over and over and over again. Like even just something like Dwayne Ludwig always saying quality reps or not every punch has to land, not every punch has to be hard. Like there's like a few terms that he just constantly says Mm -hmm. that it kind of like creates this, you know, yeah, I guess culture in the BMT system Mm -hmm. or at his gym. Even the word ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like it's just these little like consistent things and I've talked about this guy before but the guy in Saskatoon who I don't know if he owns it or if he's just a manager or what his role is in it but he works at Fien's, the Vietnamese restaurant and he's like the guy with the funky oh, hair yeah. the shaved sides, yeah. right? And he's always Good like, man. how many? Two over there. Yeah. Super blunt, like he's very like straight to the point. Yeah. Like, what do you want? Number two, okay, bye. And he just goes, yeah. gets it, drops it off. I and appreciate like, that. I love it, dude. He's awesome. One of the things that he would always say when people would leave is see you tomorrow. He didn't ask, are you coming tomorrow? He just said, see you tomorrow. And it was kind of like a joke. And people like, I I saw like these like three older ladies like leaving and he was just like, see you tomorrow. And they kind of like looked at him like, we're not coming tomorrow. Like this is our first time here. And I, I saw it going back to creating culture. I started doing that in the 6am class a little bit. That's interesting. And so like it started with like almost just like a little bit of a joke where I'm like, see you tomorrow, you know, and people be like, they kind of look back and be like, I don't like, I'm not coming tomorrow, you know, and I just kind of like giggle. But then I started like, I changed it a little bit. So instead of just see you tomorrow, I started just asking people, are you coming tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And I'm noticing, and I didn't really like intend to do this. It's not like I had this plan in my head. Like I'm just going to fucking do this. Cause this is why, like, this is my strategy. This is my plan to like make people be more consistent. Mm-hmm. And I don't, maybe it, maybe it's not, maybe I'm just like, it's just people are just showing up, but I have a feeling this is actually helping a ton. So instead of saying, see you tomorrow, I'm asking a lot of the students like in front of the class when we're all putting pads away, like, are you coming tomorrow? Are you in tomorrow? And now like, I don't, and I'm not even meaning to put them on the spot, but you're now like in front of everyone and you have to answer if you're going to come to class tomorrow. 
And that little bit of like pressure almost makes you feel more accountable. Like you don't really have an excuse not to like, you know, your damn schedule. Like you could probably make it every 6am class if you wanted to, or every evening or noon class. They know if, if they say yes, you're going to be more happy with their answer. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, there's a little bit of like a guilty, like you don't want to say no. Cause then you're, you, I don't know, you're not necessarily letting yourself down, but yeah, it's like, you just want to say yes. You want to show up. feels better to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm finding is not only am I the one saying it now is other people in the class are saying it. So this, this one girl that she slept in one morning and she just like felt like shit. She's like, fuck, like I just felt horrible, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's all good. Like you in tomorrow. And she's like, uh, she said, yeah, hundred percent. I'll be there. I'll set three alarms. I'm like, cool. <laughs> And then I go to like get a drink or something. She runs around the corner and she's like, you miss one class. And then the guys, they're already giving me a hard time. They're like, where were you? And so like, just from that little exchange, like somebody asked her like, where were you? Yeah. And so now I feel like there's this thing where people, they're showing up so much that if one person misses class, other people notice and they'll just be like, what, what happened? Where are you? Are you in tomorrow? And it's like this weird thing that's happening that I'm noticing. And you had like a little experience like that with Kevin, Professor Kevin. And I recently had something like that with, with Kurt. Like I I missed, I missed a Tuesday one night for whatever reason. And he, the next day he's like, where were you? Kind of smiling, almost being like, where were you motherfucker? And this, the feeling I had of like, <laughs> I can't let him down again. I know. You know? And they, they're not even like upset by anything. No. They're just like, yeah, they're just like, ah, yeah. I should have been here. Yeah, man. And so it's <laughs> funny how like these, these little things like that, you don't think they add up. You don't think they have a whole lot of meaning to them. But man, I actually think it's helping a lot in like a really like positive, nice way. It's just not by like, asking the just question. Just by asking the question. Yeah. You know, and, and that's it. it. It almost makes people feel more accountable. Mm-hmm. That combined with filming a lot. A lot of people like to be in the videos. Remember the class? Straight up. I missed one class. Then I seen the, the, the video posted with you and it was reposted with, from Dwayne Ludwig. And I was like, I'm supposed to be that part. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, well, you didn't show up to class, idiot. Yeah. Like, right. So like I partnered up with Lucas and we, we hit the combo and then Dwayne Ludwig, yeah, reshares it. And Ryan just like, fuck man, like it's usually me. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's like, just can't miss class. Do you know what's interesting about that too? Last night I was watching the UFC embedded for the fights this weekend. And there's a guy, what's his name? Bobby Green, maybe he's uh I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like he's an exciting fighter. He's always kind of been, he's not like a major name or anything yet, but he was just training in the back, hitting pads, you know, getting ready a couple days out. And um, he's just like, he's like, I'm, he's talking to the camera. He's like, I'm not supposed to be here. He's like, I'm a, you know, I grew up with nothing, this and that. Um, You know, I, but I keep saying yes. I keep putting my hand up to Sean Shelby and these guys. Mm -hmm. And I keep saying, pick me, pick me. And I'm always there to fight. He's like, these other fighters, you know, they'll back out. They don't show up. He's like, I'll always show up. And mm-hmm. they know that just because I always have my hand up. Right. And he's just like getting motivated, hitting pads. And I was just like, man, you show up, you get the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. What do they say? Like the harder you work, the luckier you get. Exactly. You know, it's like yeah. when you're putting the work in and you're always showing up, the luckier you get. The more you show up, the more likely Kurt will film it and the more likely you're yeah. supposed to get on Dwayne Ludwig's page yeah. or whatever. You're there for the potential opportunity when you show up. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I know. 
Yeah, that creating culture is an interesting thing. Like, I know there was a bunch of other examples in the culture code of like coaches just always saying like the same words over and over again, the same sentences. And that was so much more important than hiring a motivational speaker to come in. Dude, that was with the talent code. Mm. I'm reading a book right now called um, Talent, something about talent is a myth or something. But yes, in the talent code, there was three aspects to, to mastery or talent basically. And one was that ignition, which is what sparks your interest in this thing. Right. Maybe when you're a kid. And then two was deep practice. And it's not just practice. A lot of us think we're practicing when we do something repetitive, like hit a golf ball or play the piano, but it's like intent practice, deep right. practice, specific, practice. specific. It's not fun. It's not sexy. Yeah. And you're focusing on your weaknesses. And then the third thing was, like master coaching mm. and that's where that example came in of like and i don't know if that was pro- that, yeah that's probably the same author hey yeah the talent code and the and culture, the culture code. code yeah it's the same author but yeah it was these this master coaching where they they just say the right things they don't say too much right too little but they say the right things and they're they're kind of repetitive with it yeah and and it's very simple you know you don't complicate the student or, or right whatever. man that high level coaching is a thing i would love to get to at one point you know, just knowing the proper terms to use and how frequently and, and to, to trim the fat or cut the fat. I, I view it as like an Instagram post and sometimes I'm bad with this, but it's like, I'll, I'll write out a post and it's like a novel and then I'll, I'll reread it. And I'm like, what is the most useless sentence here? How yeah. can I trim the fat and shrink this? So the viewer can read it in like one paragraph or two or three. Yeah and get everything but without all the excess so it's like yeah sometimes when I'm teaching yeah it's like I don't want to use a bunch of words because especially if you're new it's just information overload but yeah those high level coaches are so good with just yeah like you watch Dwayne Ludwig the way he coaches and teaches and he is dialed he is 100% present there for you focused yeah like watching him with TJ yeah and there's other coaches like Trevor Whitman yeah. Like it's almost like an obsessive way to coach, which is just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a skill. It's a huge fucking skill off of that. Um, that's one of the things I wanted to mention is how important I think it is to have a structure in your life, whether it's, you know, every Monday and Wednesday you, you take a kickboxing class or a dance class, but you have some kind of a structure and how important I think that is to make people feel like they have purpose because even if you're a disciplined person and you lift weights every week, you can go whenever you want. Right. You don't have to be accountable. And people, like again, I don't want to use the term hard time when we were talking about like skipping a class. Mm. But the other people at the gym, it's all random. Like no one's going to be like, oh, where were you yesterday? Right. Because you go when you want to. But right. there's something about taking a class where there's a set time and it becomes part of your routine. And it's just like, this is what I do. Monday nights from six to eight, I'm not available because I'm here. Yeah. There's something I think, and I don't know if it's more so with you and I who grew up playing sports, but I think it's just really important, um, to help people from feeling lost. Yeah. You know, like it really gives you a purpose when you have that thing you do every day, this day, every day, yeah. this day. Well, we're creatures of habit, they say. So it's like, yeah, we kind of, I, I feel like we thrive in habits when our life is like our every day is chaotic. Mm. It's one thing if yeah. you look at like the overall 
spectrum of your life and it might be chaotic, but it's like, if you can control the day, that's why even like a morning routine, it's like, you want some kind of control. Mm -hmm. And I feel like having a set class gives you that control of like, I know at 6 PM I'm going to the gym or I know at this time I have this. Mm -hmm. Like the one time, uh, this, this girl that she started doing the 6am class, like maybe two months ago, super consistent, like crazy consistent. She's just getting into the routine and, um, uh, the, the gym had got COVID, like we all had COVID. And so we were like going to shut down, but I didn't get it yet. And so she, she messaged me was like, Hey, can we do privates like five times a week this week at 6am? I don't want to fall out of the routine. And so like, I, I feel like once people get into that routine and they have that set time, it really is like a compass. It's like, Dude, it totally. really is something they can latch onto and, and build off of. But if you don't have that, you're, you're relying on free will every day. Like every day you have to work up the courage or the strength to go to the gym at whenever time suits you and works, as opposed to if you have like a, like a specific class to go to, it's, it's a little easier to speak. I know at this time I have to go. It's totally easier. When I got into real estate, I write everything down. So one of the reasons I live by this block book I have and write everything down is once it's on the paper, I don't have to think about it anymore. Mm. So if I have 50 things to do today, but they're on paper, I can just be present and do what I have to do and check things off as I go along the day. Someone else, I seen how they operate in real estate when I was getting into it and they didn't write anything down and they were always scramble head. Mm. They were always not only forgetting things, but just like, oh yes, I got to do this and oh shit, I'm going to be late for this. A lot of oh shit moments in the day. And I was like, how do you operate this way? And it's that whole... Discipline equals freedom thing. I would rather have the pain of being disciplined and doing the thing when I don't want to do it, even if it's writing out something down, Mm -hmm. than the pain of regret and the pain of missing things and the pain of always thinking, what do I got to do again? What do I got to do again? Yeah. And that's what, that's what the regiment does to your life. You have, you don't have to think what am I doing Monday night? Cause you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I know it's like, uh, yeah, I, Lewis Howe had a somebody on who the fuck was it I forget who it was but Lewis always asked these questions about like successful people and he's like what's a habit that successful people do that he just straight up said broke people don't and he said successful people have um, a lot of regimen in their life in their day to day life and they pretty much all go to the gym pretty much every single person he's met that it was like a successful, happy person has some kind of gym schedule, mm. you know, mm-hmm. that's, it's so huge. It's so connected to like the overall enjoyment of your life, mental health, physical health, yeah. spiritual, it's feel. all connected. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. And back to what we were saying there, I love when you had that example of that person in the 6am class, I love to see people come in to MMAC who haven't trained or maybe trained years ago and just get addicted. Yeah. And, and they are just, you see them getting better. Callie's a great example. Yeah. Like she's just been going so hard with the jujitsu and you could see like it paying off, you know, mm. like she's getting very skilled and there's another guy in, in class and you know, they didn't train before. They didn't, they didn't have this outlet, this, this schedule, this structure. And when our gym closed there for that week, um, I actually went and did a drop in at a different gym in the city and, I was planning to before our, cause I've been meaning to go to his Saturday open mat. And I, so I was planning to before the gym got shut down, but I, um, I showed up there on Saturday 
And this other guy from our gym showed up at the same time. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't expect to see you here. And he said he had messaged this guy. But he's like, he, he was like panicking of like, I can't take a week off. Right. Like, I'm, I need this now. Yeah. I'm addicted. And I could kind of just sense from him. He's like, <laughs> no, I need this in my life. Like, I have to train. I can't yeah. take a week off of this. And I love to see people just that hook, line, and sinker. Like, once you kind of get that ignition or yeah. you're just all in. That's the thing, man. It takes it, it takes a lot of courage to go to a, any class. You know, I, I think maybe especially like a martial art gym, it can seem a bit like scary. But man, once people start and they realize they enjoy it, it's so satisfying to see people like be like, "Oh, I'm I'm in on this," mm-hmm. and you just see their level of progression. Like, man, I posted a, a video uh, this morning with, uh, Dustin Cooper trains at the 6am class. Um, it's really good dude. He started and like, obviously when anybody starts, like you're pretty choppy, your techniques like out the window, you have no technique. The guy's just been showing up consistently. Like he'll do pretty much every morning class he can. And then he'll do like the odd, um, noon class with Kurt. Mm -hmm. And I posted this video and you watch him in the video. And I I wish I had a side by side of when he started versus now. Mm -hmm. I I wish I would always just have like the, the mental thought of filming people on their first day Mm -hmm. just to show them the, cause he was kind of like picking himself apart. Like we all do. He's like, Oh, I didn't realize I was so robotic. And I'm like, bro, if you saw a video of when you first hit this combo, you would be like, Holy shit. That's (laughs) a different human being. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and, and that becomes like the, the pursuit that becomes a lot of your fulfillment or your joy. It's not like these mundane little pleasures, like surface level pleasures or dopamine hits. It's like this pursuit of like being better, like pursuit of excellence. And that's when those little things are easy to ignore, like overeating. And you know, like if you have a certain craving that's unhealthy, when you have a purpose that's bigger, it's, all these other things don't really matter as much because you're kind of dialed, right? Yeah. And the bigger the purpose and the scarier the thing, I feel like the easier it is to get dialed in. Yeah. Like right now, I'm, yeah. I'm waiting for a possible fight. Um, Kurt brought it up this week and he was like, hey, do you want to fight in May? And I just said, yep, sign me up. And so I'm just kind of waiting. Nothing's set in stone yet. My name's just in a hat and, you know, if they find an opponent, sweet. But I like in my head, I'm already like the second it's a go ahead, like... I've been pretty good. Like my weight's good. Like I haven't been like binge eating like a jackass, but everything just gets like ramped up, you know? How sick are you going to feel when you see Kurt's name pop up on your phone? Oh, <laughs> dude, yo, even when he asked me, like, yeah, he asked me at the gym, um, in front of people too. So I was okay. like, I gotta say yes. <laughs> but, um, the culture. Yeah. Yeah. He asked me and right away I just was like, fuck sakes yeah. like and i just said yep yeah sign me up well i guess it's what you wanted right like, yeah so it's, and i knew yeah. and i knew i had to say yes right then just put my name in the hat because you give me another 10 minutes and i'll back out and just say nah do you know what when ufc fighters get that call from sean shelby or dana white i'm sure they get that sick feeling right away too oh 100 you know? you're an insane person if you don't yeah. like it always gives me comfort knowing that george st pierre was terrified to fight mm-hmm I'm terrified. Yeah. If Kurt calls me. He's like, hey, we got a match. I'm like, I hurt myself. My leg hurts. <laughs> the doctor said I got a back at me. What's that from? I don't know if I've ever heard Dave that. Dave Chappelle? No? No. I think it's a Dave I've heard I broke my back spinal, <laughs> yeah. but that's about it. Okay. Um, but yeah, but there's something about 
like maybe a dance studio or a martial arts gym that that is a little more intimidating to first show up at because you show up to a jujitsu class it's like okay we're running circles okay this isn't so bad I you know and then you're doing cartwheels whatever okay front rolls it's getting a little awkward and you know you haven't been in high school gym class for 10 years or whatnot and and then you start trying to shrimp and then you start like trying to like do the shoulder rolls right. and you realize how like uncoordinated and unathletic you are and how you haven't done a somersault in 10 years and it's uncomfortable yeah humbling. but we all start there and you know we all have that first uncomfortable day or week or year yeah where you're just struggling and you're like i look like an idiot but it's you either do it or you don't yeah and and nobody's there to judge because we've all been there you know? yeah that's a thing hey like people will feel you know sometimes i'll post a video and people are like oh like i fucking hate watching that and i'm like you're just at, you're maybe a little bit newer. You're at a stage that we've all been in that awkward, inefficient, clumsy look, you know, like Bambi on ice. Mm -hmm. But over time you just get better and better and better. And I think it's really healthy for like a gym to show all levels. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I don't want to just show the high level belts, ripping sweet combos exactly. and looking flashy. Like I want to show everybody. Yeah. We all start here. Yeah. You know, and you, you, you see the newer people, you know, all different, whatever the genders, ages, sizes, all of it. You know, I, I love posting that type of stuff. It's more, um, really, it's more, and it's more inviting for people that are maybe yeah. considering giving it a try. Yeah. And also when we have a podcast, we're not happy with we're, we can't wait to do the next week so we can get better. Yeah. It's like them. They see themselves yeah. in the combo. They're like, fuck, I look like shit. Yeah. I, next week I need to improve. I'm going to keep my hands up higher when I throw yeah. Video is a very humbling teacher. Yeah. It doesn't lie. Yeah. I got two, <laughs> two messages just this morning. I posted this video and two people were like, man, like, I need, I have work to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of laughed. I'm like, that's, Videos are great for that. Yeah. Because, like, I can say things, but if you can't see what I'm seeing, mm. then it, it won't make sense. Yeah. And so sometimes that's why a mirror is really good yeah. to, like, do your technique or to film yourself. Mm -hmm. You'll see real quick, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, I've, I've filmed, like, sparring rounds before where I'm like, fuck, like, I didn't know I move like that. Or, like, why is my, like, head here? Whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll, it'll humble you. That's important. We should do more of that before your fight here. For sure. Like, of yeah. the sparring stuff, you know? Yeah. I would even like, yeah, I think even tonight I might uh, film some of the MMA rounds. Yeah. 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 Speaking of MMA, you actually, yeah, I just posted it, but you sent me that video of Israel Adesanya defending Joe Rogan. Yeah. I love it, man. Dude, he's so it. good. He's awesome. He's awesome. He said it so perfectly. He yeah. did. I love how he just took control there. He's like, look, I got this. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And he did a damn good job. Yeah. Dana White's like, I'm not getting in. You can see Dana just kind of walks away. It's, um, so I'm sure if, if most people listening to this, are on the internet and watch TV or listen to podcasts. You probably know Joe Rogan's going through some heat right now. So it started, if I'm not mistaken, by people just thinking he's spreading misinformation by having educated people on who are sharing their opinions on things that don't fit the narrative, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the week after that or two weeks after that, let's put this into perspective. Joe Rogan has been for, I don't know, 12 at least years doing podcasts, talking freely and openly, having conversations with all types of people across the spectrum. Explicit, nothing edited. Um, four podcasts a week of three hours. How many, you know, it's like 12 hours a week for how many years? You might slip up on some things you say. Yeah. And um, 
what I used to think is as long as you say things in the right context, you're okay because people can listen and understand that it's, it's all about context. Right. That's what it should be. Right. But not in 2022. Yeah. In 2022, people will go and take all of these clips. I don't know how people have time to do this shit, but make all of these clips every single time Joe Rogan has said the N word. And um, he, he's, he's a very outspoken guy and he said it a fair amount of times in the past. Again, in I don't even want to say in the right context because looking back, it's probably not even necessary to say. Right. But he was maybe naming albums that had the N-word in it that he loved growing up and he would just openly say it. And right. I, I remember listening to this kind of thing years ago whenever he did drop it now and then. Yeah. And it kind of make you uncomfortable, but and you it would even maybe make his guest uncomfortable. But you know, he's just saying, well, that's what the album's called. And like, you know, right. everybody knows Joe Rogan's not a racist. So right. he just kind of got away with it. And even in his comedy bit that one time. Yeah. Yeah. The three magic words. Exactly. Um, love. Love. The N-word. The N-word. What was the other one? Love. Ah, I don't remember. Um, it's going to bug me now. Yeah, it's going to really piss me off. <laughs> love. Because you have to say it. You know, if your girlfriend is like, I love you, you can't be like, you fucking rock. You know, like that was like his joke. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell was the other one? Is it cunt? Yeah. Because he says it and the whole audience <laughs> like, oh. goes, oh. and he's like, see? Yeah, I think that's, that's it. Right? Yeah, that's right. That is a tough word, eh? It's you sharp. It, it's like, oh, it's did sharp. you have to go there? It's so sharp. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how certain words are just so aggressive eh? yeah it's like Jesus man why did you say that it's yeah like, it's just four letters together. <laughs> yeah hey. but but Joe Rogan's been a bit of an outspoken guy whatever so there's this video now that makes him look like a racist and, and here's the scary thing is he's getting all the love which he should because people know you know that these idiots are just attacking mostly him. love mostly love but even if it takes a bit of time, a few months for people to go back, look into Joe Rogan and realize he's not the bad guy. Yeah. The damage is already done. Like for so many people that name Joe Rogan is tainted now just because of kind of that clickbait. Yeah. You read that thing or you see him saying that and you're like, geez, this guy's terrible. But right. it's like, it's just a scary, you can't get away with shit. Yeah. Does that ever concern you with what we do? I don't, I don't know, man. I, I'm sh like, you could definitely edit clips together and make us seem like assholes. Already you could. For sure. I, but I mean, like, yeah. One of the things that I, I think about sometimes, and I feel like a lot of people that are hating on Rogan already hated him. Now it's just amplified. I think the people that know Rogan, this is whatever. Yeah, you shouldn't have said the words, but we all know he's not a racist. Most people know he's not a racist. The people that already thought he was a shithead are just extra. They just... Think more of that now. And think about how much airtime he has compared to the average person. Oh. Like, everybody's guilty if he's guilty. Oh, dude, did you see The Rock trying to talk shit? But you were telling me, yeah. So he, he was like, at first, like when the, uh, Rogan was talking about misinformation, uh, and he had made the video, like, kind of an apology and how he was going to make the podcast better, and The Rock was like, like, beautifully articulated, like, I'd love to come on the show one time and we'll crack some tequila together. Cool. Like, it was sweet. Two days later, the, the N-word video comes out of, of Rogan and, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson's like, oh, like, I'm not down with that shit. Like, that's fucked up, blah, blah, blah. Cool. If you want to point the finger and blame someone and you've been on TV for a long time, bet we can find dirt on you. 
Lo and behold, highlight reels of The Rock being a racist <laughs> shit. <laughs> like making fun of child molestation like you name it it was and a good jokes but out of context doesn't look so jokey does it yeah when you when you clip things up and make your own custom video trevor noah another guy he wanted to get lippy with rogan and talk shit being like that's wrong you shouldn't do that people are like oh yeah what's your dirt like let's look under your rug highlight (laughs) reel racist asshole (laughs) out of of context brutal videos of him like talking about killing jews with german cars like (laughs) dude like these people like you want to point the finger man it's like you got to be careful Mm -hmm. because lo and behold you probably did some inappropriate shit too and maybe back then the culture like the things you could get away with were different but people can still pull it up and show you now in the present time, even though it happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And you just can't trust anything. Like my, my sister said, I've mentioned on here before, sometimes I'll watch what's called Joe Ro- JRE Supercuts. Okay, yeah, there's a pa- TikTok page I follow. It's called No Context Rogan, and it's absolutely hilarious. Nice, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the thing where someone will clip up a video of, let's say, Joe Rogan talking to Theo Vaughn or whoever. So they're like three minute clips. And they make the dialogue so funny and it makes Joe look like a complete murderer or yeah. a rapist or whatever. Yeah. Because it's all cut up. It's all fake. It's all edited. But they do such a good job of it. That people that haven't seen the podcast, they would think it's a legit. He's actually saying this on a podcast. Well, that's the thing. My sister one time, like a year or two ago, oh. sent me this video of Joe Rogan and Miley <laughs> Cyrus. Oh, that, yeah. And she's like, is he like... Like, this is insane. <laughs> this is the guy you like. <laughs> and I watched it and, and it looks real if you wouldn't know better. But I was like, yeah, like, it's not real to cut that up. But, but think of people who see a clip like that and then that's, they don't talk to anybody. And then they just have that right. image branded in of the, this lunatic that Joe Rogan is. <laughs> it's like, you can't trust anything these days. It's crazy. Hey? Especially when, like, yeah, it's like you don't really get to know someone and, um, even Aaron was saying like when she, before she met me, she, she kind of thought Rogan was like a right wing lunatic. And then she started like listening to like the odd podcast when there was a guest on that she cared about. And she's like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, he's a fucking good guy. I like it. Love his podcast. Yeah. And, and you, you know, you, not even everybody has to like him. Like yeah. there's certain people you just, for whatever reason, you don't drive with them, you know, and, and that's fine. But it's just, I think at the end of the day, man. There's so many people out there just mad for whatever reason. They're angry with their life and they're just looking to attack people. Yeah. And again, when I said earlier, like who has the time to do this kind of stuff? These are the types of people. And this, this whole cancel culture, this whole people are pussies these days. People are entitled pussies these days and they want to come after people. And you did this. You said, everybody's so sensitive and they're whiny babies yeah and at the end of the day it doesn't matter you know like you and i are nice guys we say things that are wrong sometimes but life isn't about people pleasing yeah and joe rogan he knows he's a good husband he knows he's a good dad he knows he has loyal friends he knows he's helped so many people he's a respectful good human yeah and he doesn't have to pay attention to any of that quote unquote cancel culture. Yeah. He doesn't have to read the internet. He can live his life and none of that shit matters. Yeah. If you're online, it matters if you pay attention, but it's like, it's just an illusion, man. That's yeah. not life. Yeah. And that's what he said in the, this podcast recently. He just said like, he's like, when I go online, yeah, it seems like the world's <laughs> falling apart, but in real life, I still love everybody and people love me and everything's good. That's it. You just stay in real life and the that's end. it. 
and I, and I do find like a lot of people that, that are like, you know, trying to cancel everyone and getting so offended. A lot of the times, not every time, sometimes it's just, but a lot of the times it's people that are outside of the group that is getting that, that should be outraged. It's people that exactly. aren't a part of the joke or the, whatever the thing is that's happening that what should, you know, that they want to cancel. They're not even a part of it, but they feel like they should be outraged for the people that are involved in whatever's happening. Exactly. When the people that are involved, half the time they're not even outraged. Yeah. An example of you and I, second podcast in, like our second <laughs> podcast or third, I forget which one. I think it's like number two. Super early. Yeah. Like we, we made a joke cause I saw it online and I was like, men starting a podcast in 2020 is like women starting an OnlyFans page. Cause it was like, yeah, 2020 hit and like the pandemic happened. So like a lot of guys just were starting podcasts. Cause it's like, what the fuck else are we going to do? Let's just talk some shit, put a mic on. And a lot of girls are like, I need to make some more money. I'm going to start an OnlyFans page. And so I just said the joke. One girl got, got outraged, got offended. And she was like, I can't believe you would say this. This is offensive. This is like a knock on women. And I was like, interesting because I asked my friend who has an OnlyFans page she thought it was hilarious so that's one part of the joke and then you and I are the other part of the joke we thought thought it was funny the people in the joke thought it was funny but the outsider feels the need to be outraged and speak their opinion I'm like you know what sit this one out it's all good we're not joking on you we find it funny you go away yeah period it's crazy and yeah, like sometimes, man, cancel culture misses hard. Like I, I was watching this cool clip. It was like, um, his, he's an East Indian guy. I forget his name. He was talking about the Simpsons. Apu, you know, owns mm. the 7-Eleven or whatever gas station that was in the Simpsons. Yeah. He was really choked that Apu got canceled from the Simpsons. And again, I, I, would, I bet, and this is what this guy was saying. He's like, I have a feeling that whoever canceled that wasn't even a part of the, the they weren't East Indian, they, they weren't a part of the culture. It was just some outsider who felt that we should be outraged because of Apu and we're not. He's like, you know what I saw in Apu? He's like, I saw the American dream. I saw someone from another country come to America, start a small business, and he's like a part of this, one of the biggest shows in the world. And people were like, yeah, but it was a white guy doing the voiceover. He's like, yeah, how many East Indians in the eighties were doing voiceovers? Yeah. Like we just didn't have the people. It doesn't mean you just eliminate our culture from the Simpsons. He's like, I loved seeing a poo. He was hilarious. Yeah. But cancel culture was like, no, we can't be offensive. Even though like, here's like a fat white drunk guy and here's a corrupt shithead billionaire. So we're like stereotyping all these other groups, but then this group, no, it's not okay. We don't want them a part of this group. Yeah. It's crazy. Sit, don't ever pick apart Simpsons. They do it right. They, yeah. Not only do they do it right, they, they know the future. I'm at, yeah, dude, they're, it's so crazy, man. So crazy. The I don't know. Storming the Capitol thing, the Donald Trump becoming president. Yeah. And, and even, um, Greta Thunberg, the climate change, like Lisa was oh, Greta Thunberg for a while. Yeah, like she, yeah. like dude, they everything. almost everything that has happened. The pandemic, if you unless you said that already, no. Um, yeah, they did a lot of shit, man. But it was the storm, the Capitol thing. Do you remember when the last year they even had the character like wearing that big thing <laughs> yeah. on his head? Man, like it kind of gives me the chills. Man. Do you know what's funny? <laughs> so this is actually a good uh, segue. I was listening to Aubrey Marcus's podcast. He had this guy on that I forget his name and I'm not quite done the podcast, but he 
I don't know if he grew up in Vegas, but he was a really big name, like a reputable guy with like a quite the um, uh, yeah reputation in Las Vegas. Like he would basically take really high spenders and high earners and these people like out for a night on the town, like all like the fucking coolest places, the hidden gems, and like he partied hard apparently, like, lots of drugs. Um, lots of women, he would just stay up all night to fight people. Like he was kind of like a wild dude. And now he's like, uh, he treats people with ayahuasca and, and he's kind of went down that journey. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this guy, he's sharing this story and he was saying that, you know, they were trying to expand their business. So they were going to like places in Asia and other parts of the world to like expand their business where they would take high spenders and take them on a night out of the town on the town and like party with these people. They went to one place in, um, Japan or where's, where's, um, uh, the triad. Is that, is that, uh, where are they? I'm not even sure. The, the, the triad, like the gang, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't. Sir. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so they went to this place. It was somewhere in Asia. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Um, and he meets these Russians there. And apparently these, these Russians were like gangsters, like pretty scary people. But this guy's rolled with scary people before. He's like, whatever, like we're kind of getting to know, know them. And they were kind of trespassing, but the guy was trying to say like, look, we're not taking away from your business. Like you can have your bar. Like I'm literally going to take people to your bar. I'm just going to tour them around. So I'll actually bring you a lot more business than you think. And I think these Russians just wanted to test this guy out or something. So they... He, they're drinking with them and having these conversations and they, they put something in his drink and they drugged this guy and he woke up in a car on their way somewhere with these Russians and he, they bring him into this room. He doesn't know where it was, but he said there was kind of Russians all around and like pretty scary, scary dudes. Like he was like, okay, well I might die. <laughs> and, um, anyway, these Russians gave him something else. It was a, it sounded like a very heavy psychedelic and they basically started talking about business in another dimension. This guy said, and he couldn't believe what was happening. He was like, I was somewhere else with these people tripping with me and we were (laughs) communicating about business. Like we were like, yeah, like I'll take you to this club. If you want to rebrand here, this is what we should do. (laughs) Like I'm talking like he, he just said like fluent conversations in another dimension. And then after, like, when the dust settled, I think he met them, like, a week later. Um, he was like, what the hell did you give me? And he, they were like, we don't really know. It was actually from one of the triad bosses, like, one of the higher-up bosses. Mm-hmm. He said that that's how they communicate with their businesses a lot. Wow. They'll take this substance, and they'll go somewhere else and just, like, talk. That's insane. And I'm like, and even Aubrey was like, I've done a lot of drugs. He's like, I don't, I've, I don't know what that would be, but they wow. just, they wouldn't tell him. They're like, we don't know. We just gave it to you. Wow. I wonder what that would be. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was pretty wild, man, to like have these business meetings while on this substance. Yeah. Like, it's like, maybe it's like a, just in case your phone's tapped or something, like, are they hiding from that? So they're like connected in a different way. It's like, yeah, we'll talk business, but we just got to go to our boardroom, which is in another dimension. Yeah. yeah. Like, follow me. Some next level <laughs> shit. Eh? Jeez, man. That's strange. <laughs> Pretty wild. Um, I just started, I just started the full send podcast with uh, Candace Owens. Oh yeah. Have you, have you, she's a feisty one. See, I, I've never, the name sounds familiar, but I didn't know who she was. But I just started listening and 
just what we were talking about. It's people outside the group that want to attack people. Yeah. She was like the feminism, the whole feminism, feminist movement is stupid. She, yeah. She goes hard on. The feminism, she does. Eh? She's like anybody who's in charge of a feminist movement are just like angry women who hate men. And she's kind of going off. And I was just like, this is interesting to hear from a woman. She gets a lot of heat. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think like she's pretty opinionated hey? for sure. Yeah. Very opinionated. Yeah. I think you have to be, if you're like a political figure and you're like doing that sort of thing, like you kind of like, I wonder if you sat her down in like a room by herself and you just were like, how genuine and how strong are you with some of these feelings and these things you talk about? Like she might be like a little more relaxed, but yeah, she's, she's got a sharp tongue with feminists. She takes a lot of heat. You gotta have some balls to be very outspoken and opinionated. Hey, in the public yeah. eye, she's and with everything, not just feminism with, with COVID, with the vaccines, the mm. lockdowns, like everything she has a very strong opinion on. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think her take is like, you know, I think she agrees with feminism and what it used to be, whereas more just equality. Exactly. But I, I think some people, like like any extremes, I think some people can get too crazy with it yeah. and they just end up like literally just not liking men and, and think that if you're a woman and you make a man a sandwich, like you're lesser than someone, you know. Or like you yeah, should, if you're a guy and you hold the door open for a woman, like right. you're a piece of shit. That type of stuff. Like I, th I think she's just really against like that thing where it's kind of taking away so like some traditions because some traditions aren't bad. Like I remember my mom, like she was like, I fucking loved being like a, a mom and just like, yeah, cooking, cleaning. Like mm -hmm. that was my shit. That was fucking what I was born to do. If that feels like, you know, have you ever had anybody give you like upset eyes for holding a door open for them, like a lady or anything? No, but I've, I've thought about it before. Like when I hold, like I, I always just hope I'm like, I hope you don't just say anything stupid. Like, I don't care if you're a girl or a 90 year old man, I'm holding the door open cause I'm a good person. And that's exactly. how I was fucking raised. Exactly. Like, it's not just cause you're a girl. Yeah, I just and I don't think you're capable. Right. It's, yeah. It's so silly. Yeah. <laughs> Although sometimes I'll get that if somebody's like in a wheelchair going up to a door. Cause I'm like, I would hold the door open for anybody. I, I don't know yeah. if they're going to just be like, I got it myself. Yeah. I'm like, okay, man. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, uh, do you have any fight predictions for this weekend? Just on the two fights. Israel against Whitaker and then Ty, Ty Vasa against uh, Derek Lewis. I think Ty Vasa is going to win by knockout. I don't know how to say his name, but I think he's going to win. And those two, the way they punch, Derek Lewis and him, I would just die if those guys hit me. Like the weight oh, behind yeah. and then the technique, like how, how they know how to utilize that weight and, and not like clean, sharp technique, but like know how to get all that you can, yeah. all the kinetic energy out of that movement. I feel like Derek Lewis is slower than Tavasa. Yeah. I feel like he's slower. I feel like Tavasa is like a little more technical maybe. I think he's going to win. You know what's funny about Derek Lewis? He's almost like, he's just like a stubborn guy of like, let's say you have him mounted. He's just like... Fuck technique. He's like, I just, I'm mad. I'm going to get up now. Get and he'll up. just get up. <laughs> yeah. Or he's like, oh, I'm getting tired. I want to finish this fight. He'll just go into like a spaz mode and right. just like find your chin. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Ty is a scary dude, man. Like yeah. he's a dangerous dude, man. They're like the same person, but not. Yeah. You know, they're very, like, they have like their uniqueness. Like Tavas is always drinking out of the shoe with like a beer at the end. Like that's like, no one's ever done that before. Yeah. <laughs> Derek Lewis will take his shorts off and just say his balls is hot. Man, that's an exciting fight. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to be one of those stalemates where they just like try to wrestle or they just like are hesitant. I, I don't think it will be actually. Yeah, I don't think so. Just because Derek's coming off 
a kind I wouldn't want to say embarrassing performance, but he was disappointed. So I feel like he's like it's gonna be a dangerous fight. Yeah. Yeah, and then with Izzy and Whitaker, I I, I think Izzy is gonna win. I, I love them both. Um I think Whitaker has a better chance in this fight just because Izzy lost. Even though he lost to like a bigger guy and went up a weight class, I still feel like it's got to take a little bit out of your sails, mm-hmm. you know, you, as opposed to just being undefeated and wrecking everyone. You kind of just got like out grappled and outclassed that fight. Mm-hmm. Whereas Whitaker beat three monsters and he's probably soaring. Like the only guy he lost to was Izzy. He's good, man, Whitaker. He's really? such a well-rounded, like, MMA fighter. Yeah, he reminds me of, like, a George St. Pierre in some ways, where he's, like, really loved, really respected, comes to fight, like, maybe even more so than GSP. Like, yeah. he, he comes to fuck you up. Yeah, for sure. Like, he's a lot more active on the feet. Yes. Yeah. Takes a lot more risks. Yeah. So he's, like, a for really sure. fun fighter to watch. Yeah. But, yeah, super <laughs> respectful. The people love him. So yeah. I think that's why I, I this, this one, I don't really care who wins, even though I'm a big Izzy fan. I think it would just be really cool to see the look on Whitaker's face and like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'd be really happy for him if mm-hmm. he won. Yeah. So we were talking about last night. Hey, it's cool. It's cool when you know you have a tough fight on your hands, but you, f- you feel like you have a plan to beat the person mm. and you go out and you utilize or you implement your game plan, but it's like, it's dangerous, you know, and there's a lot of risks, but it's like you, you stick to your plan and you hope for the best and you believe that you can do it. Yeah. Some guys pull it off. Yeah. So crazy, man. Like how, how much strategy and game plan goes into fights. Like we were talking about, you know, like Bazooka Joe, you know, and, and Nikki Holskin, Nikki Holskin. I think he had a better game plan going into it, but I think Bazooka Joe fought him before Nikki Holskin, maybe. Mm. So I don't, I don't think he understood what he was going up against mm. maybe. And so he's fighting Raymond Daniels, you know, like a point fighting Taekwondo karate master, you know, really flashy kicks, a lot of spinning techniques. And he like beat the shit out of Bazooka Joe for the first round. He kind of pieced him up and Bazooka Joe sits in his corner. I don't know if it's the coaches or maybe just his fight IQ. They just made adjustments. And then round two and three, I think he actually finished him in round three. If I, if I can remember correctly. Yeah, I think he finished him. I'd like to watch that fight again. One of the best fights, man. Just yeah. cuts him off. He stays on him like glue, low kicks and hook crosses. That's pretty much all he did. It's so weird how somebody that that's not like a student of, of martial arts, you just think, you know, fight like you're just standing there, you're trying to hit the person. But it's so intense how feet position, stance, distance is so different from MMA to kickboxing to Muay Thai to taekwondo boxing boxing like it's all so different yeah it's crazy it's yeah. like you're standing there trying to strike the person but there's it that's what like the sweet science like there's so much that well, for boxing anyways but yeah there's so much into it or even like golf it's like you hit the damn ball yeah but no there's like 500 ways to analyze how you're swinging your club yeah it's just it's crazy when like the virgin eye or like the the eye that's not used to whatever the sport is like if i watch baseball like you know it's like for one i don't give a shit about the sport i don't understand it like but i understand it because i played so many sports i know all sports at the highest level are challenging but a lot of people would be fucking hit the ball he's throwing it in a straight line like why can't you hit the ball or like you'll see people that have never watched like trained before watch a ufc fight someone's on their back what do they say just get up (laughs) you don't think he's desperately trying to get up He's trying with all his might, all his strategy, everything he has in his being, he's trying to get up. He can't. 
because you've never been there before. You've never had a fucking Kurt Southern or Hunter just, you know, grapple fucking you for five minutes. Especially fighting, they make it look so easy on TV. Yeah. Like, it's so humbling when you actually, like, spar or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that's crazy. We've said that before, too, where I think those are the two things that every guy wants to be good at is, like, fucking and fighting. Yeah. And so I think uh, with the UFC or with boxing, like, every guy just wants to be able to fucking hit him. Like, I wouldn't have went down or, like, get up, you know, pussy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, you have no idea. Yeah. You wouldn't watch basketball and be like, I would dunk on LeBron. Mm-hmm. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't get one point. Nothing successful would happen if you were on the court. The biggest torture for like pro MMA fighters or pro fighters would probably be to just watch fights with like average casual fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let me ask you something. This podcast will come out Valentine's Day, Monday. Oh, yeah. Do you consider yourself a romantic guy? Um... I don't think so. Like, I'm romantic, I guess, in my own ways. Like, I'll do, like... I don't know if it's romantic, but I do, like, little thoughtful things. Yeah. Let, you know, like, I'll, I'll make, like, video poems and, like, send it to Aaron. <laughs> I thought you were like, going to say video porn. <laughs> <laughs> send very thoughtful. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, just, like, random shit, you know? It's like, if I leave Aaron's place and I see that she doesn't have honey, I'll, like, put a cup and I'll dip my spoon in some honey and like just leave it there you've been licking all week and yeah, just not watch it no, just kidding. Just kidding. but yeah like I'll just do like random shit like that but I, I don't think I'm that romantic I don't know maybe more so than some but yeah I don't like lay fucking flower petals leading up to the bed and all that yeah, shit candles and dim, yeah. I guess you do the I candle do candles yeah. Yeah, all the time yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I, not very romantic no, no. I, I, I'm just naturally not I'm the same thing I'm like I'm thoughtful, I'm considerate, you know, yeah. with with doing like nice little things. But I don't know, man. To to be like considered romantic, like yeah, I don't. Yeah, think what I does that mean? It. Like, what it, what would you what would it take to be a romantic? Like, like if it's Valentine's Day, like is 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 dinner and some wine and like nice conversation not romantic? I guess it depends on the, what the girls' view of romantic right. is, hey? Yeah, but. I don't know if you have to like kiss them outside in the rain and like have the flower petals in the mean? bed. And, yeah, like, like when we hear romantic, like, are you a romantic? <laughs> we automatically think movies, which are all horseshit and none of that is real. Yeah. And so it's like these perfect scenarios that like people are trying to live up to. Where it's like, that's not how fucking life works. Right? Like we try to do it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like we'll buy flowers or like get some wine and like, you know, whatever. Have like a conversation yeah. and sexy time after or whatever. But. I think it's a lot of work for guys and I think a lot of guys if they're in a relationship where they they're in it and they want to be in it and they're trying to be the best boyfriend they can they they try you know and they're considerate and they they try very hard but I think naturally guys are most guys are just kind of clunky you know and like yeah. it, it comes with effort yeah and we don't plan that stuff I, I don't think guys think about it like a lot of girls might like I, I feel like a lot of girls will um I don't know what's the word like they'll think about like marriage and getting an engagement exactly. ring and they'll think about like starting a family and, and you know, they'll think about Valentine's day or their birthday or the holidays. And I, I feel like guys, it's like on the day, it's like, it'll be the morning of Valentine's day. And we're like, Oh, I got to get some fun. Like, you know, it's like, then we're like, Oh, I got to do this thing. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. When a lot of, not every girl, obviously, but when a lot of girls are young, they picture like their wedding day. That's like a big thing that right. they look forward to. I don't think guys think like that. No. I don't think guys ever look forward to that. They 
end up doing it, but I don't yeah. think it's a big thing for them. Well, Most I mean, guys. For sure. I mean, like, look how we're, like, raised, the movies we watch. Like, it's never the guys that are like, oh, like, I can't wait, it's my wedding. Like, it's I'm going to be the pl- perfect day. Yeah, it has let's, to be the perfect day. Yeah, let's plan a wedding. Like, hey, come on, guys, let's go try on suits. No, it's kind of like, let's fucking, like, let's put these suits on and, like, you know? <laughs> It's kind of, yeah, it's just not the same kind of excitement, yeah. Again, it's not like a bad thing, and like, yeah, I'm sure like, yeah, you know, Aaron and I, we get married or something, and it meant the world to her, I I would, you'd have to almost like hit a switch, like you'd have to be like, okay, this means a lot to them. It's not about me today. It's not about me, yeah. Do you know what though, I, I I bet you I'd be the type that I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I wouldn't, but I bet you at my wedding, I'd be like holding back crying. I'd probably be like bawling when she's like walking up. (laughs) I'd be like trying to keep it together. Well, I think one of the big things is you got to make it stress-free. Like we've seen some weddings before, like where it's just like, there's so much to like micromanage. You need someone just to take care of all that and just like have fun. The last thing I would want is like one of those weddings where it's just so like robotic and, um, um, like just your typical way, almost like a funeral. Everyone wear black, sad music, quiet, slow, like, fuck all that. I don't want that. It's so depressing. Yeah. You know, I'd want, like, just, like, a fun, relaxed... Celebration. Yeah, a celebration, you know. But... We've been to some fun... We've been to some fun vacation weddings. Destination weddings. Destination weddings. Yeah. Those are sweet. We had some good times. Yeah. Shit. Well, <laughs> we'll wrap it up. Save that story for another. Save time. that story for another one. Do you have anything else, sir? No, no, I don't. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. <laughs>